if you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. His philosophy behind Quantum Mirror is self-awareness through technology. And Quantum Mirror VR came about because we wanted to better deliver that message to people before they entered Quantum Mirror. If you had to answer the question, who are you, really? How might you answer that? And what aspects of the person you are do you represent digitally? That is exactly what groundbreaking immersive art experience Quantum Mirror explores. Quantum Mirror is an interactive XR installation by artist Adrian Stein, and it also has an introductory virtual reality component created by Minneapolis-based REM5 VR Lab. REM5, which is Minneapolis' premier virtual reality lab and event space, currently has Quantum Mirror open to the public. Visitors have described it as transcendent, trippy, and engaging. Matt Foreman is the lead developer at REM5 Studios and the creator of the Quantum Mirror virtual reality application. Matt, before we get to talking about Quantum Mirror VR and what REM5 is doing, your LinkedIn says that you love doing crazy stuff with VR, AR, and XR. How as a mechanical engineer did you first discover that passion? Oh, wow. Well, I think I've always had the urge to create. And I did that a little bit through mechanical engineering, but then I felt a little restricted. You know, what I made had to fit certain specifications. And VR was just a very attractive career change for me. I first tried out VR and I was blown away by its possibilities and what could be done with it. And so I learned how to code and create VR experiences and kind of pivoted my creativity into that area. So kind of remaining technical, yet also more creative. What's fun about this is that you are completely self-taught, if I understand correctly. I am. And I know that's not the typical you know, career path, but I was highly interested in it. And there is just so much information out there for free online. So I just learned from free tutorials on YouTube and other websites, how to use Unity Game Engine and Unreal Engine and managed to learn the tricks of the trade a little bit and talked to the right people, went to some local game developer groups and things like that, met people and was just very honest about the changes I wanted to make in my life and in my career. And luckily I was able to meet some people who were willing to listen to me and take a chance on me. Which resulted in a very fun project and an extremely amazing company for which you're working, REM5 VR Labs. Would you tell me the story of Quantum Mirror VR, please? It's, I've been trying to think how to describe it, and the best I can come up with is a word you use, the word odyssey. Would yes. you tell me that story? Yes, of course. So Quantum Mirror VR actually came to fruition because of Quantum Mirror. So before the VR experience ever existed, Quantum Mirror was created by an artist named Adrian Stein. And what Quantum Mirror is, is a complex infinity room that you go inside 
And there are mirrors all around you, the floor, the ceiling, the walls, and they're arranged in a, a pretty complex pattern. And there are also some video screens in there that reflect video to infinity. So that's what Quantum Mirror is. And Adrian is a Guatemalan new media artist. And when he's in the States, he calls Chicago home, super nice guy, very passionate about what he does, wears his heart on his sleeve and makes that a strength of his. But his philosophy behind Quantum Mirror is self-awareness through technology. And Quantum Mirror VR came about because we wanted to better deliver that message to people before they entered Quantum Mirror. So I ended up developing Quantum Mirror VR with creative direction from some others on the team here and from Adrian. And people do this VR experience just prior to entering the Quantum Mirror itself. So really, this experience delivers the philosophy of Quantum Mirror and gets people in the right headspace for entering. We put on the headset, we're going to experience Quantum Mirror VR. What are some of the things, without doing a total spoiler here, that are going to happen? Well, probably the most interesting thing is that your digital consciousness gets, quote unquote, uploaded to the metaverse. So that is maybe one of the most interesting things. Without going into too much detail, you start off in this futuristic consciousness upload station and you you kind of acclimate to being in VR. And we made this easy for first time users to get in and it's hand tracked so you don't have to worry about controllers. It's, it's very natural. And after you're uploaded, you go into this very surreal environment that really challenges you to think about your digital self. I found that really interesting. Highly thought provoking. It raises the question, who are you really? Digitally, physically, who are you eternally or infinitely? Wow. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure I'd have answers for that myself. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting thing to think about. And really, it centers around this concept of your digital self or your digital consciousness. Now, we all have a digital identity. In fact, we all have many digital identities. You know, think about each social media platform you use. How others perceive you if they don't know you personally is through these platforms. So these platforms have a way of shaping your digital identity in the view of others. And we just need to be aware of the implications of this because the platforms and algorithms affect how others think of us. So without going into too much detail, that's kind of the thought that Quantum Mirror VR provokes. Yeah, you are located in Minneapolis and I understand Quantum Mirror VR is going on through the end of May, is that correct? That is correct, yes. So REM5 Virtual Reality Laboratory is located in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. And that is pretty much Minneapolis. We pretty much tell people we're in Minneapolis. It's a suburb of Minneapolis. And yes, Quantum Mirror, its opening was extended through the end of May due to popular demand. We've been sold out every weekend since we've opened, which is fantastic. And we are looking to scale out the experience if we can, eventually. When you say looking to scale out the experience, that was kind of my next question, because people are going to be listening from just about any place. Where might you like to go with this next? Well, it's hard to say, but we would like to expand Quantum Mirror to you know each major city if we could. I think that would be great. I don't have a specific location in mind, and I'm also not the only one making all these decisions. A lot of it is you know what Adrian wants and the rest of the team, and I don't have specific answers, but we'll see where it goes. 
I think Quantum Mirror has a bright future ahead of it. Would you tell me the story of your creative journey with that? I understand that you had one month to make something amazing. Yes. So this was maybe my greatest challenge as a developer and also the most fun VR project I've worked on to date. So I had one month to get this done. Essentially, Quantum Mirror had a defined opening date and it was like, okay, we need to create a VR experience to pair with this. We have one month. What can we do? Well, we really had to narrow the scope. We defined the structure. Quantum Mirror VR is broken into act one, two, and three. And basically all of my creativity had to be constrained within those three acts. And I had to be careful to avoid scope creep and to not get too into polishing things up early. I basically just had to focus on getting the experience up and running and kind of, there wasn't much for pre-production besides one day before we started sitting down at a table with Adrian Stein, Amir Berengian, our CEO, and Brian Skellack, our director and basically defining what we would do within these three acts and very loosely. And we just saw where it went. And it was just kind of this iterative cycle where I would do things and, and get some feedback from the rest of the members on the team. You know, they would kind of riff off of my ideas and what I'd made. And we were able to make something complete by the time of launch. And then after launch, There was about another month of development of fine-tuning the app, really polishing it up visually, doing a pass on the audio, and and optimizing the experience to run smoothly and look its best. I'm back on that term you use, scope creep. I hadn't heard that phrase before. Yeah, that is probably a term used in the game industry, you know, but essentially scope creep is something you got to be careful about because once you get into game development and you see what is in the realm of possibilities, it's really easy to want to do more, but also that can be a huge time suck and needed to be avoided in this instance. I don't think that's restricted only to game development. What are some of the takeaways? Virtually anybody listening is going to have a creative project sometime, not necessarily game development, and they're gonna go, oh, if only I had more time. What could they learn? from your project here with Quantum Mirror VR that they could take away and use on their project? Define your goals right away and stick to your goal and really just try and stay focused on the the basic concepts of what you're going to do, what's going to be most important. If you're making something that other people are going to experience, focus on the user experience that they're going to have and try to stay creatively within what you set out to do. That would be helpful to anybody. I'm thinking of virtually anything we've ever done that's creative, and that is true. There's never enough time. There's always more you want to do. Yes, and I to add to that, I would highly recommend using what you already have because especially in game development, there are bits of code and, and assets and stuff that I could pull from other REM5 projects that we've done and repurpose them into something that would work for this app. So really build upon the base layer of what you have creatively. Was there any one moment in the creative process that it seemed like this isn't going the way you expected it? That is an interesting question. I would say dealing with a one month timeline was very intimidating from the start. And the whole time until I got closer to launch, it was kind of like I was saying to the rest of the team, all right, let's make sure we have a plan B in case I can't get this ready for launch in time. And Yeah, I don't know if that fully answers your question, but that's just what came to mind. 
That totally answers my question. What was the most fun creative moment you had in the creative process? Oh, the most fun creative moment I had was getting this mirror up and running in virtual reality. And this mirror allowed you to see a reflection of your digital self. And I kind of animated this hex-shaped mirror that appears in front of you. It kind of phases in and does this fun pattern with panels, and then the panels dissolve, and all of a sudden your digital reflection is revealed. And, and this is supposed to represent your digital consciousness. The face does an interesting pattern which represents intelligence, and this avatar or representation of your digital self mimics your movements in the mirror. Ooh. I really hope that this comes somewhere other than Minneapolis. I'm in Long Beach, California. I would love to actually get to see it. Matt said that due to intellectual property considerations, the REM5 VR team aren't sure whether they may get an opportunity to make the quantum mirror VR experience available to a wider audience in the future. But stand by for updates. I do think that it is an experience that people could enjoy on its own, even without quantum mirror. If we were going to launch on the Oculus Store, I think I would want to add a little more at the ending to kind of facilitate a call to action or a good jumping off point for people, a mental jumping off point. Where can people get updates on what you're going to be doing with this in the future? Well, people can get updates by following REM5 Studios on Twitter and also the Quantum Mirror website, which is quantummirrormn.com. And if you'd like to follow my personal account where I post a lot of updates, you can follow me. My Twitter handle is Matt Foreman Flow, Matt with two T's. Matt Foreman Flow, and we've got quantummirrormn.com. And by the way, I would wholeheartedly recommend your video that you have on your LinkedIn page about part two. You do this great video series about creating Quantum Mirror VR. We also took a look back in our imagination. Launch day was so fun. We had the app in a pretty good spot, and I was confident that it would go somewhat well, but there is nothing like launching an app to find out what all your bugs and problems are. So the very first day I had some of our employees who we call virtual reality concierges, or in the case of Quantum Mirror, we call them quantum concierges. I had them running back to me saying, Matt, Matt, we just encountered this issue. What do we do? And I was like, okay, first off, let's just restart the app and see if it fixes it and I'll work on a fix. So on launch day, I was actually doing some code updates from the front office and remotely deploying updates to the headsets while they were getting used. So between between cycles of people going through Quantum Mirror, I was having them restart the headsets so that the new update would pull and fix some of the issues. So really the issues that we had were kind of related to the Oculus Guardian getting you know, losing tracking, but we just ended up turning that off and using a fixed floor height, which ended up working much better. But it was a rush. It was exhilarating. And we learned a lot from that day for what we need to focus on for the next month in polishing the app. What was one of your best creative lessons from that day? Oh, man. Oh, I have a great creative lesson. So your users use the apps much differently than you perceive. For example, I created this incredible looking dynamic ceiling that's above people with a portal on it that is what uploads you to the metaverse. And you kind of reach out and touch the letters that spell upload. And the ceiling 
that's above you in virtual reality kind of rises up and twists each time you touch a letter. And then when you complete the sequence, the portal comes down on top of you and kind of swallows you up and uploads you. And, and that was the first thing that I ever made for this experience. So I built the upload station room around this amazing dynamic ceiling, but then I got feedback that no one was looking up. Absolutely no one was looking up. And I, I put in an analytic in there to check for it. And I think 11% of people were actually looking up to see the ceiling. And this is because people are used to watching movies or videos and looking straight ahead. And most of these people are first time VR users. And, and looking up is kind of an unnatural thing for people to do in VR. So the creative lesson there is that people use what you're making in ways that you don't expect. That would be a little disappointing. Nobody sees your masterpiece, 11% <laughs> of the lot of folks that come in. Yeah, what? luckily, oh, sorry, before I move on, luckily I was able to repurpose the that technology, the dynamic moving ceiling for the journey sequence. So I put in kind of these hexagons off to the sides that do this kind of twisting motion. And I reused all that, that beautiful stuff in there. So people did end up seeing it. I just had to repurpose it in a different way. However, anybody hearing this, the next time they walk in is going to look up. So that yeah, let's, see let's raise that percentage. <laughs> Was there one reaction from anybody seeing this, even anybody seeing VR for the first time that really stayed with you from lunch day? Yes, it was my mom's reaction, as a matter of fact. So during the development of Quantum Mirror VR, I was actually taking care of my mom, who was undergoing a life-changing back surgery, a spinal fusion. So Quantum Mirror VR was actually developed remotely. I had a remote VR development setup that I could fit into one backpack. And for most of Quantum Mirror's development, it was developed from a hospital room. There's a lot of downtime in a hospital when you're taking care of someone. So between helping out my mom, I could work on quantum mirror and I just had a great setup there. Luckily the everywhere we were at had good internet. So I was good to go. But with quantum mirror being a seated experience, my mom was the perfect beta tester and friends and family testing out your app is not to be underestimated, especially if you have a small team or a limited budget, you really should rely on those you personally know to test out your stuff because they'll use it differently than you. Anyway, my mom's first reaction to seeing Quantum Mirror VR and testing it out was really meaningful to me. She was absolutely amazed by it. And during the journey sequence, you kind of float forward along this track and she loved it. She was like, oh, I can just I can just be sitting here and, and float around. I love it. So that really stood out to me. And eventually the surgery was successful and she healed enough to be able to walk. And she was able to come to REM5 and experience Quantum Mirror and Quantum Mirror VR for herself. So that really stood out to me. It was a meaningful moment for me and uh, kind of brought everything full circle. There's nothing better than having someone close to you who will be your critic and love you enough to say this works, that doesn't work, and that's awesome. Absolutely. In addition to Quantum Mirror VR, REM5 does some pretty amazing stuff. Do you have time to tell me a little bit about VR for good? Absolutely. So what we've talked about so far is a very arguably entertainment art focus to it, but also REM5 does a lot of work around cultural competence, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and stuff like that. And we have a division of the business called REM5 for Good, where we use virtual reality to deploy these experiences. 
One that we didn't create, but we use quite often is an experience called Traveling While Black, which kind of has some interviews in it and takes you back into time as what it's like to travel in the United States as someone who is Black. And another experience that we developed in-house is called Steps of Privilege. And this is an experience where you're in virtual reality and you do the privilege walk in a judgment-free environment. For those of you who don't know, the privilege walk is something that's done at a lot of schools and things like that, where participants line up in, in a field or something, and there's a moderator that says, take one step forward if, if you always knew you were going to go to college, take one step back if you grew up with one parent. And at the end, they have them race for a hundred dollar bill. And it just really makes it clear how privilege affects us to move us forward or backward in life and sets some people at an advantage or disadvantage. So we brought this experience into virtual reality. There are avatar characters lined up next to you, each with their own story based on real people. And when you put on the headset, you're in a judgment-free zone. And also using avatar characters prevents exploitation of other stories. And it also kind of takes away the finger pointing. Absolutely. That. Yeah. And at the end of the experience, we even allow people to record a reflection of the experience with their voice. So I don't know what we'll do with it yet, but we just submitted it to Oculus App Lab. We submitted Steps of Privilege to Oculus App Lab. And we're looking forward to launch. We're in talks to get it on the Oculus store. So we'll see how that goes. But eventually we might have thousands of video recordings of reflections of people for how they can use their privilege for social good. Wow. Tell me about the resources, please, for anybody who maybe doesn't know how to start with creating VR. Maybe there's a teacher listening who wants to make up lessons or something in virtual reality. That's a great question. And I do have an answer for you. For someone who wants to learn how to develop virtual reality, I would recommend learning Unity Game Engine. And you don't need to dive straight into VR. You could try creating a, a regular Unity 3D app that runs on your monitor. And really all of the game design principles that you're going to learn from doing that can carry over into virtual reality development. So I'd recommend learning Unity. Where I started was a YouTuber called Brackies, and they have some really good tutorials. Also, there is a website called Udemy, which I believe has some Unity tutorials as well. But Unity is a pretty widely used game engine, and it's great. It's a great starting point, and there's just so much information out there. And it's not necessary to get any formal training if you don't have the resources to do that. There is so much out there just for free that you can dive into. I personally love it. I have been taking courses with them for about a year and a half now. It's amazing. How do we do this? How do we keep the metaverse as it expands and grows a social engine and something where we can do education and have people thinking and creating as opposed to simply making money? What are some of the ways? Yeah, that's a good thing to bring up. We personally think there's a severe lack of awareness of how connected we are and the implications of this. So as we move into you know metaverse territory, Web 3.0, there's a greater potential for harm and a greater responsibility for creators and users. So we must remain aware of this as, and really it just comes down to being ethical about what you're doing. We need to consider the people who are using their platform and how they can be affected in a more connected internet environment. That sure seems to go right back to what you were saying about think about your user, think about how they'll be affected and what they will do. Absolutely. What can you tell me about what's next for RIM 5 VR? Well, 
We are looking to expand. We're going to be looking for funding here soon. We are looking for funding to expand our team. And what I'm just starting off now is building a quote unquote metaverse platform, spatial web platform that people can access in a web browser. And really this will just allow us to connect people, whether we're doing an experience focused on diversity, equity, inclusion, or entertainment or other use cases. So we're going to be pressing forward with that. We're going to be looking at what else we can do with Quantum Mirror. And eventually we're going to open more REM5 locations. Where can people get updates on what you're doing? Well, you can follow REM5 Virtual Reality Laboratory on social media. That kind of has overarching information on the whole company. REM5 Virtual Reality Laboratory. And I'm assuming we've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and what am I missing? Yep, LinkedIn too. So LinkedIn. Yeah. Finally, Matt, if people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like them to take away from your work? Don't underestimate yourself. I mean, I'm not saying everyone can, you know, pivot into a game development career from a mechanical engineering career. I know that's very uncommon and you know, there's probably some luck and privilege involved there, but really don't underestimate what you can do. You'd be surprised at what you can do by just diving into something and being resourceful and and trying to figure it out. Matt, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Dodd. It's been great talking to you. You and I have been listening to Matt Foreman, lead developer at REM5 Studios in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. If you're out and about in the Minneapolis area, plan on seeing Quantum Mirror, which has been held over by popular demand through May 28, 2022. Check out quantummirrormn.com for more information. That's quantummirrormn, as in Minneapolis.com. And follow REM5 Studios on Twitter for any updates if Quantum Mirror is going to be traveling to other venues. Also, as Matt said, you can follow him on Twitter at Matt Foreman Flow. Matt is with two T's, Foreman, F-O-R-E-M-A-N. Finally, also check out all the ways REM5 VR Lab is putting virtual reality to work for social good while putting VR within reach of anyone who'd like to know more at rem5vr.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.